Hello, it's Cindy Brannan. I'm here with this edition of the Keeping Her Keys podcast. Uh, I've been doing weekly podcasts now for about a month. Um, it's We're approaching the summer solstice. I've been doing these about a month within the Keeping Her Keys coven, kind of opening them up to a little bit of a broader audience just to do with some issues within our own network, but also for everyone who's not yet in the coven to kind of give you an inside scoop about what goes on in uh, the beloved Keeping Her Keys Coven network on Mighty Networks. So this is, um, you can listen to this, whether or not you're in the coven this week, um, as I kind of go through preparing for our big summer solstice sovereign goddess ritual coming up this Saturday. Um, and as I'm claiming my own sovereignty by moving more fully into podcasting, which is going to become my primary communication method, I guess, for connecting with um, everyone who finds resonance with my work and the Keeping Her Keys community. So kind of shifting and getting into more into my sovereignty um, as we prepare for the summer solstice and what's sure to be um, a summer of Mars, you know, with Mars and Aries and just a real time of assertion, um, courage and all of those really beneficial attributes of Mars as Mars goes into his home base territory of Aries lots of martian energy coming up in the summer of mars for sure and lots of other really important um planetary astrological considerations for us to contemplate and to use to our benefit as we gain um more empowerment more healing as we move deeper into our sovereignty that is really activated, attuned, and heightened with this Sovereign Goddess ritual that we're doing in the coven on um, Saturday, right on the solstice. I'm so excited about that. Everyone in the coven, we have been working um, diligently to prepare for this ritual. We've had, (coughs) excuse me. So if you're in the coven, uh, before we got interrupted by my coughing, we have been prepping for our ritual for the last few weeks. We've had uh, talks about sovereignty and the five goddesses that we summon forth and awaken from within. We've had a really fun poppet workshop, and we just had yesterday we had a great um, sovereignty oil workshop which is so much fun. You can find those videos um, in the coven and uh, tips on how to dive into this energy. You'll be seeing special posts from um, our kiddimos, our priest Jeffrey, who's got the weekly playlist to get you into your your most sovereign goddess self and uh, the priestesses who will be leading the ritual on Saturday will be um, talking this week about how they prepare and how they're connecting to their goddesses and um, our priestess of music. She will be uh, sharing our special song that will have 
uh, featured in the ritual this weekend. So definitely the Sovereign Goddess ritual is one of our seven big rituals that we do in Keeping Her Keys. So we do um, what's known as the Rituals of the Sacred Cave. So they're, that's Release, Soul Retrieval, and Rebirth. Um, then we do the Sovereign Goddess Ritual, which is about expansion, empowerment through expansion. Then we do the Kaliak Ritual on the Winter Solstice, which is about empowerment through introspection. Uh, and then we do Night of Hecate. And we also do um, our Coven Commitment Ceremony, known as the Nyssa, once a year. So that's our seven rituals that we do. I like to keep them about six weeks apart so we can kind of process for one and then prepare for the other so that is our ritual cycle so here we are sovereign goddess ritual time how do you prepare for a ritual so i'm going to talk about um, a technique for getting ready for a ritual that um, i've used over the years and that i think it'll be really helpful for you it's a great one to kind of sit with your journal and contemplate um, as you prepare. So we're going to talk about the astrology and ritual preparation. So there's two kinds of things that you would do, um, two activities, two different streams that you would use to look at how astrology is interacting with your ritual. So I guess the most, uh, and I'm going to talk about this one first, and then I'm going to talk about... Um, the astrology of the summer solstice this year after. So I'm going to start by talking about how we can look at the themes, the energies of a ritual, um, and then see how they conjunct, if you will, with our chart. So if you don't have your chart, you can go to astro.com. Um, and for free, you can get your own natal chart calculated, and that'll be really helpful. Um, and last month when we had our workshop on finding Hecate in your chart within the coven, you can go and watch that video, and it'll give you some more um, insight into how you can get your chart off of astro.com for free. So basically, you know, like, so there's so many layers to astrology, like it just, there's so much depth to it. Uh, just like there is to the five goddesses that um, we connect with in this ritual. So there's so much depth to it. I recommend, you know, like to get your journal ready and look at the energies of a ritual. Look at your sun sign, which is like your personality, like your personality, like what you present to others. It's like the uh, the sun sign is like the self in relation to others, what you're what other people see, what you want other people to see, how people react to you kind of on that more surface uh, relationship level. Um, so that's your sun sign. And then your moon sign is really about your inner world. It's about your emotions. It's about what's not seen. It's about um, others in relation to the self. You can see, so it's like sun is like self in relations to others. So the emphasis is on others. And then the moon is like others in relation to self. You're shifting. So sun is much more overt, uh, maybe action oriented. And moon is much more emotional, introspective. So it's very different. And then our ascendant, I think of the, you know, the ascendant is like 
almost sometimes like the stage upon which, like if you think the sun is kind of like our outward self and the moon is our inner self and together it's like that's who we are more or less. Um, and then the ascendant is almost like here we are with this actor put together, you know, with self in relation to others and others in relation to self, this kind of duality. And then we're put on a stage. And so the ascendant a lot of times is like the stage or the ascendant can also be like the influencer, um, you know, so it's like almost like the devil or angel on your shoulder. Well, obviously both devil and angel because, you know, all the signs have both aspects to them, light and dark. Um, and, you know, that's kind of like how I see the ascendant. I'm only going to focus on the sun, um, but I really encourage you to look at your sun and your moon and then your ascendant um, and you know to go deeper into the themes of any ritual to see how you might experience the ritual um, you know it's even useful to see if a ritual is really good for you so I have this like long-standing dislike for really ceremonial rituals so it's like this ritual is about we have to do things precisely this way um, if we don't do it this way, you know, the gods will be displeased and will come down upon, and their wrath will come down upon us. Anything like that, I am 100% checking out. And if I look at my chart and say, oh, do I really want to do this lesser banishing ritual, for example, um, then, I, you know, you could see like my sun sign is Gemini's, Gemini. So when I'm being that overt person, you know, in the world, I had this dualistic, well, I want to do that ritual with those folks. That would be, you know, it'd be kind of cool. I could, I'm curious. Um, but also the sign that says, hell no, absolutely not. Um, and then I have a Libra moon. So it's like, I got that balance coming in. But then I have Scorpio sitting on my shoulder and Scorpio saying, I don't think this ritual is deep enough. I need it to be deeper. And it'd be nice if we could have some sex. So you can see um, just from that kind of <clears throat> comical explanation about why I might uh, react kind of strongly to one that a ritual that's very prescriptive, very ceremonial, doesn't leave any room for creativity. So, you know, that's really great when picking a ritual. And it's also great when you've already committed to doing a ritual. So you've been drawn to it. Something about that ritual awakens something within you. Um, and then as you're preparing for it, you know, get your journal out and say, okay, so these are the themes that, you know, this is a ritual of uh, healing or soul retrieval. And how might I interact and experience this ritual based on my sun, moon, and ascendant? You can go deeper and deeper, um, where, you know, wherever you're at in your astrology expertise. It was really, um, you know, there's no limits with astrology. And um, in particular with this ritual, it's really interesting because there is so much astrologically we can do with this ritual. So if you are not familiar with the Sovereign Goddess ritual, that is, uh, like I said, in the coven, we really do this as, as, as a summer solstice ritual. It's about boldly stepping into the light of day. Um, as witches and wild folk, we often are more comfortable underneath the pale moonlight and you know so true sovereignty is about boom here I am in the light of day um, so in this ritual we 
connect with and awaken within five goddesses. So Hecate as the wise one, um, Persephone kind of as the queen. So Persephone is, of course, the queen of the underworld. And then she's also, she comes back up to earth um, and turns the wheel of the year. So very much in connection with um, earth energy. She's a very earthy queen. And then we also connect with Medea, the wounded one, the poison queen. Um, Cerse, the witch queen. You know, she is the eternal witch. Um, and Artemis, the wild queen. You know, the youthful maiden, um, sometimes seen as a princess, which is kind of, it's like reducing Persephone to Kore, to her maiden aspect only. Artemis is wild, but she is not just youthful wildness. She's also mature wildness um, and all of those. So those are our five goddesses. So Hecate is kind of this anima mundi-esque um, soul of the world, you know, the fire of all creation. And she is the wise one, which we might see as the crone. You know, she has seen it all, done it all. And she is the, the woman who is fully empowered and wise. Persephone is the woman who, you know, is the mature woman who, you know, she's not um, as mature, for example, as Hecate, but she's seen it all. She's had some really bad times and she's a survivor and she's an emotional warrior, right? Like she is the warrior queen. She is the one who makes the hard choices, who leans into difficult situations and still she rises. Medea is, you know, the poison queen. She has both the power of healing and death. You know, she is the wounded one. Like, she is the one, she is the queen who acts out at times with rage um, because it's just all too much. There are too many emotions. There's too much. Too much shit was done to her. Um Cersei, of course, had quite a troubled life, like all of our queens. Have, I mean, triumph over tragedy and abduction and assault and violence and, and all these things. Cersei is very much like the queen who is on her island, who learned to be queen over uh, witchcraft and magic and pharmacaea, which is plant spirit work, um, because of her isolation. So she... she is the archetype of the witch that you have this power within you and you awaken it um, and that often does come through isolation right and artemis of course is the you know the wild goddess within us you know she's the and we all express our wildness differently so like i said i'm going to do a little bit of a dive into how you may experience each of these goddesses within you and perhaps how you understand them based on your sun sign so of course keeping in mind that our sun sign is really about self in relation to others so the art the emphasis is going to be on more of that like things we're likely to do things we are likely to you know kind of let percolate in a more public way things that are more likely to be personality characteristics rather than kind of like those deeply held things like you know that's the moon the moon is like that container for that inner world um the sun is more like i'm shining here's my personality self in relation to others 
not others in relation to self. Um, okay, so I am going to begin. I think what we'll do is we'll just, we'll, we'll begin at the beginning. So we'll begin with Aries. So if Aries is your sun sign, and uh, my beloved sister is an Aries, so of course I was thinking about her when I was crafting just, you know, some notes about how an Aries might awaken, um, you know, Artemis, Circe, Medea, Persephone, and what Hecate's wisdom would be for an Aries when we're looking at these archetypes and keeping in mind again we're looking at artemis as wild circe as witch medea as the wounded one persephone as that warrior figure that survivor figure and then bringing it all together um, to synthesize so we can reveal hecate's wisdom so if you are an aries so aries of course fire sign wands you know it's that wild wild fire that burns so the Artemis energy within an Aries sign is like this wildfire. And one of the things with Aries is that like, so Aries burn so bright and they have so much and they're so like no bullshit. They can really, their wildness can be like this blazing wildfire that they're just going off where angels fear to tread, uh, which is good sometimes, but it's also like a real opportunity to look in your own life how you've kind of been that blazing fire running off just full of courage full of assertion um, and what you've kind of done like how that wildness could be tempered and how it's really served you well so that's a little bit about how your Artemis if you're an Aries how your Artemis might present itself Um, I just had some sushi quickly, so maybe the sushi is giving me a little throatiness here. Sometimes it does. All right, so let's move on to Cersei. So Cersei, the archetype of the witch, right? So what is the Aries witch? So the Aries witch, again, it's a lot about this fiery magic, candle magic, burning things, you know, like so those spells, Aries are going to be burning shit. Um focuses on assertiveness, courage, um, and a lot of times with Aries, like Aries is the no bullshit sign, like 100%, you're never going to get bullshit from an Aries. So Aries can be really focused on, I want the truth, I want the truth, I want the truth. Um, so the, the focus on spell work or rituals can be a lot about getting at the truth, getting at the truth. Um, one thing that if you are an Aries, how to really strengthen your Cerse, obviously a lot of firework is going to be good and learning to control that fire, you know, like learning to not just burn it all down. Um, so taking smaller doses maybe of candle magic um, or maybe even trying to balance that out because we all have a missing element. So you might want to look at um you know a, a water signs kind of circe energy to see that as a complement to yours um i made up like i did uh, a little chart from my own notes for this so i'll pop that in with the podcast in the coven so you can have a look at these note this chart i did up to kind of help you okay so when it comes to medea again the wounded one how is 
that Medea energy going to present your present to you? How is it in how you kind of interact with your personality and others? And this again is where that no filter issue that is so great and such a strength of Aries. Um, so that no filter can really be like this brusque personality. The Medea, the, the Aries Medea, you know, within you is going to be focused on that energy. So if you have a wound, you're going to use this brusqueness, this courage, like a of a bravado, if you know what I mean. So it's like, I'm, you could be really wounded, but um, because your area, your Medea is in your Aries, that what you're going to be doing is hiding your pain. The other thing is that just a caveat is like sometimes a little discretion goes a long way and your no bullshit approach to life and your filter, your filter being off most of the time can actually lead you to getting wounded. So, um, you know, that's some wisdom around that coming up from our Hecate if Aries is your sun sign. So this is interesting when we talk about like Persephone energy. So the queen, the queen who's, you know, who walks the wheel of time. Um, and if you are fiery, like your wheel is a fire wheel, right? So that's what you're the queen of. Um, and it's also like, this is the victorious queen. You know, this is Aries don't like to lose and they are the ambitious. You know how sometimes you see it instead of ambitious, ambitious. They are the ambitious queen sometimes. So that's it, Persephone, the ambitious queen. And if we kind of synthesize all this, and here's where I would say to you, you know, get your notebook out, you know, and say, okay, so what is the wisdom of this? What's the takeaway message? So what is the wise one saying? What is the wise Aries? What is the within you, the Aries Hecate or the Hecate Aries, right? It's like learning to control those torches and use those torches to light your own path, light your way to other for others and not just to like burn things down, to use those torches with responsibility because your torches burn so bright. Okay, so that is our first fire sign um, of Aries. So let's go on to Taurus now. Um, so your Arte, if you're a Taurus sun sign, you express that Artemis wild, queen energy about you know you you're steady right like so your wildness isn't like blazing and just going off everywhere fire you know blazing trails um you're you're the steady wild one which sounds like how can i be steady and wild it's like but think about this so like artemis is the archer so if you're artemis if you're taurus your artemis energy is going to be around making sure that shot is true and steady and you're going to be really slow so if you are going to do something wild out of character um it's going to be really measured it's not going to be you know just like i'm just going to blaze trails everywhere it's going to be really measured so for the taurus you know the artemis energy is sometimes lower so you might want to think about that um the Circe energy of a Taurus is a lot of witchy treasures. Oh, you bulls, you have so many beautiful witchy treasures. 
It's probably organized and you've probably had them for a long time. Um, your spells and rituals are probably going to focus on materialization. So like, you know, getting things you need, like a new car, a new house, a lot of that. So a lot of manifestation work. So you might want to balance that out with more mystical work, more like just let yourself astral travel or work on your psychic skills to kind of, you know, develop what's missing in your kind of witchy toolkit. Um, the Medea of Taurus is very much about being wounded by unreliability. So, you know, because Tauruses are about reliability. They're about this is it, steady, true, sometimes perceived as slow. So the thing that will really, really wound a Taurus, so the Medea Taurus will be wounded by unreliability. Um, now this queen, our Persephone in Taurus, that queen is, you know, she is the queen sitting on the velvet throne wearing her diamond tiara, tiara, where did that come from? Tiara, crown. Um, and, you know, she has this kind of crown of horns that's maybe like, uh, it's got some glitter on it. And, you know, she's very concerned, but she's very steady in her glamour and in her luxuriousness, it's a really steady, not flighty. So that is, you know, how you are the queen Persephone. Walking that wheel of the year with your beautiful bedazzled queen of horns. Um, so <clears throat> Hecate's wisdom here is, you know, this the bullishness, you know, the kind of steadfastness of Taurus's it's really fantastic and you can accomplish much. You need to put a little bit of space into what you're doing. And so when you're doing your journaling and thinking about connecting to this ritual, um, come at this ritual with this idea of, you know, just you're going to back off with your horns a little bit. Look fabulous, of course, because you're a Taurus um, and allow the ritual just to kind of awaken that wildness within you. So next we move on to Gemini. So, you know, where Gemini is about curiosity and, you know, this duality, Gemini is like the most human of signs because Gemini is kind of like all the signs put together at any one time that comes out as this, you know, they like structure, but they don't want structure. They're happy to be in one place. They would rather be anywhere else. So whereas Taurus is super steady, Gemini tends to need a lot of flexibility. So Gemini, in terms of Gemini's Artemis energy, it's really like this curiosity. Like, what would happen if I did this? What would happen if I went out with this fella? And it's just like... Geminis get wild because they are bored and because they are curious. So Geminis can end up going wild in all kinds of directions. Um, and Geminis often, you know, like the wisdom of this ritual would be be more like Taurus maybe and have be a little bit less more structured, um, just a little bit more structured. 
I'm a Gemini, so I'm always like a little bit of structure is nice. A little Libra thrown in is good. Um, when it comes to the Circe of the Gemini, it's very much about creativity, right? So Gemini's, you know, like read all the books because they're curious and then they throw them away or they take the books to make something really cool out of. So Gemini rituals and spells are going to be really creative. Um, and Gemini's are really concerned about ideas um, and not about judgy ideas, just about Gemini's love ideas, all the ideas, all the information. Um, and so Gemini's are often really, really super well-read about esoteric things, about everything. Gemini's read everything, right? So a lot of creativity in your spells, a lot of knowledge, diverse knowledge um, in the Gemini Circe library as well. Um, here's with the Medea aspect of Gemini, what's going to happen a lot with Gemini's is because Gemini's curiosity can be lack of boundaries. And one of the, you know, the wisdom for Gemini is get your boundaries in place. I mean, the wisdom for all the signs is get your boundaries in place or open up for some of them, like Taurus. Um, so Gemini will sometimes get in trouble because of that. The other thing that the Medea aspect of a Gemini will be like the actor. So the Gemini can be very, very wounded inside. No one will ever know. Um, it's a facade, right? They put on that, this facade. The other thing with Geminis is when they're wounded, they really can come off as insincere and lack authenticity because they are putting on this facade. And when Geminis are being fakesters, they're also more likely to get wounded um, and to kind of attract people who are troubled into their lives because they're not Geminis who aren't living true, um, who are putting on these facades. And Geminis are such great actors. They do it all the time. They end up with the wrong people coming into their lives, and that can be kind of a disaster. So that's a lot of Gemini, Medea energy, the wounded energy, the poison to Geminis, if you will. Um, you know, and this, the Gemini Persephone aspect is very much about pain and power coexisting at the same time. It's never, never one or the other with a Gemini, right? It's and. I am pain and power. I am both. So it's this kind of balancing act. So the wisdom of Gemini is that, you know, like, get those boundaries in place. Like, look to Hecate as the wise one, the wise teacher of boundaries and for guidance about setting good boundaries um, and you know, and adding some structure as necessary. So look, you know, for the ritual, like look to the the structured aspects of the ritual. All right, so that's Gemini. Let's move on to Cancer. So Cancer, so Cancer is like the mother of the Zodiac. Um, it ruled by cups and the element of water, um, you know, cancer is very sensitive, very nourishing. And so the Artemis aspect of cancer is about tending to the wild ones. So cancers can kind of accumulate a collection of wild ones, whether it's animals, you know, you're rescuing baby birds or wild people, you know. So cancers are often like, oh, look, 
you're really wild, however, you know, you define wild, and I'm going to take care of you rather than being wild themselves. Um, cancers, when it comes to the Circe, the witch aspect of cancer, it's very much focused on others. Cancer loves to help others, loves to heal others. Sometimes others don't want the healing and sometimes cancers go too far. So, you, you know, cancers tend to do a lot of magic and a lot of ritual about healing other individuals like healing their sixth school teacher or healing you know healing um a dog that broke its leg down the road or you know i'm really focused on this really kind of amazing individualized healing work a lot of protection work for the home whereas gemini are like mm, i figure i can handle whatever comes along cancer is going to be like no i have all the words up around my house thank you and would you like to, me to make you a ward for your house too? That's Cancer when it comes to the Circe aspects. Now, the Medea of Cancer. Oh, so the thing with Cancers is that they're so nourishing because they're so empathic. They're so dialed in. So Cancers are like the Medea aspect of Cancers. It's like all the wounds all the time because Cancers are often not wounded um, when they get you know they get their feelings hurt right like so cancers cancers are so empathic but then they also take on the wounds of other people and then if there's other people they try to nourish and heal and they can't help them then they take on more wounds so really the medea aspect of cancer is you know just so much about this sensitivity and taking on all of these deep emotional wounds and these deep emotional scars so I would say that that's very much like taking into like we're in this waning moon now and, you know, doing some journaling around if you're a cancer, that Medea aspect and how you've been wounded by others and what maybe there you, sh you need to release going into the ritual. So the Perse so the Persephone, who is the queen of cancer? So your your Persephone aspect is very much, again, the mother the pure kind of like the one at the mother aspect of the queen of cups um so it's very much like i will take care of all of you i will take care of all 13 dogs that live in my house i will take care of all my children i will take care so you are very much this kind of benevolent queen but you do have this tendency to give away your power so as we go into the sovereignty ritual, you know, think about that and let the those messages kind of come through from Persephone about how you can borrow Persephone, some of Persephone's other characteristics from the other signs um, to really stand in your power and to not be kind of like the all-consumed queen. So Hecate's wisdom um, at, for cancer as you prep for the ritual and just in general is to always nourish yourself, cancer, you know, take good care of yourself. And especially like we think of like self in relation to others. Um, so it's very much like cancer is very much the sign of like, you know, if we had like self and others on a scale, like Others would be like the heavy part of the scale and self would be very light for cancer. So you, you want to bring some balance into that, definitely. All right, so let's move on to lovely Leo. 
Okay, so Leo's great. I just love Leo's. Um, I've had a lot of really, like my romantic partners. I like Leo's. I like me some Leo's. Okay, so Leo's. So Leo's, when it comes to your Artemis aspect, when your wild aspect, um, it's going to be about playing, right? So your wildness is going to be about playing. So it can be like, uh, you know, playing sports. I don't know, whatever wild sports are for you. Or it could be about, you know, just being playful um, and finding wild ways to be playful, um, you know, and kind of like as you get older, like your wildness is going to be around, you know, maybe costumes, for example, that's a way to express your wildness. Um, so that's kind of your Artemis energy for your Leo. And... Um, you know, your Circe, like who is your witch, like your witch within, if you're a Leo sun sign, you may be drawn to like fiery witchcraft that's more kind of like structured than like Aries and maybe solar witchcraft. You may like solar deities, solar goddesses. Um, and you like to kind of play with fire. Um, so maybe a little bit of you know, just taking some chances, not like super wildfire. And you really like to show off. So if, and that's a good thing, like there's nothing, be proud of yourself. Leo is amazing to remind us that we should be proud of ourselves for all of us who don't have Leos in your, Leo in your chart anywhere, right? Like it's good to be proud of ourselves and take good care of ourselves. And like, hell, when we look amazing, we should say we look amazing. Um, but there is this kind of like, show off the aspect for Leo. So you want to just temper that not everything needs to be shared. And remember that. Um, so the Medea for Leo, Leo's, so the wounded one, so Leo's can often, like the pride of a Leo is like a teaching for all of us. But you know that pride cometh before the fall. So Leo's are likely to get wounded when they have felt like, oh, I am amazing and I am wonderful today and look at me and I've got it all together. And then someone comes along and like knocks them off of their own pedestal that they put themselves on. That's the Leo's wound. And the Leo's wound is also like, I don't want to look bad. I want to look good because Leo's can kind of veer into narcissism. And a lot of times really wounded Leo's who have had a lot of trauma, it can come off like as narcissism or self-obsession, but that's just how they're expressing their wound. Um, so if you are a Leo, your Persephone is like the benevolent, very well put together um, fiery queen who is very proud of her accomplishments. And, you know, Hecate's wisdom for the Leo is very much in keeping with you know, be proud of your accomplishments, stand in your own power, don't be afraid of your sovereignty. And again, that's why I'm saying Leos have so much to teach the rest of our signs, right? When it comes to like, be proud of yourself. But don't veer into um, egocentricity, right? Like you don't want to be like, the world is not all about you. And, you know, borrow some of that energy from cancer to be more focused on like how you can use your sovereignty to help others, um, which is ultimately only going to empower you more. So let's move on to our Virgo. 
Um, so Artemis energy for the Virgo is very much about innocence, um, about the maiden. So Virgos are not a wild sign. They're not Geminis going off on sexual escapades or Aries burning shit down just because I wanted to. Um, so Virgo is the maiden, the innocent wild one. And again, we see kind of this emphasis on not them so much expressing their wildness, but aiding others with their wildness. So it's like this kind of innocent, um, you know, the true innocence that looks like, well, I'm just going to do my own thing in my own way. And I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm just being, I'm just doing my thing over here. I'm just going to do my thing. Um, and, and so it does have that kind of youthful wildness. It's not like that super mature wild where it's like, I am intentionally burning everything down today and you can call me Aries. Um, so that's a little bit of the Artemis vibe, you know, that youthful Artemis. And you see these images like in art where Artemis is kind of portrayed as like, you know, that those Diana images where she's like this 16 year old girl with like hardly no clothes on and carrying a bow and arrow, which you would think you would want clothes, some clothes on if you're going to be walking around with bows and arrows. It's just me. Um, so Circe for the Virgo, what is the witch aspect of Virgo? So Virgos like details. So if you're a Virgo, you're going to express the Circe witch vibe with a lot of details. So a lot of detailed notes, perhaps, um, or really like, like when you set up your altar, you've got all the details in place and your rituals and spells are going to be focused on details too. This of course can strive into perfectionism. Um, and there's also a lot of emphasis on like health spells, like healing yourself um, and making sure like you are healthy, like a lot of that energy around that kind of spell work and ritual work. When it comes to the Medea, the wounded aspect of Virgo, high expectations are where Virgos get their wounds. You know, Virgos can be very perfectionistic and it can be really hard for anybody to live up to the energy of uh, what is expected by Virgos. You know, when Virgos kind of get into their shadow cells, they have these really high expectations of others. Um, so really watch out for that. And that's where your wounds are going to be is around these expectations when people don't meet those expectations. Virgo, the Persephone aspect of Virgo is kind of like the self-comfort queen. Virgo likes her, Virgo's throne um, is very comfortable, very tricked out. You know, maybe there's a cooler in one side and her crown is very comfortable um, and very detail oriented. So that's the Persephone aspect of Virgo reigning from a place of comfort um, and try not to be too judgmental. And that is our wisdom of Hecate for Virgo is, you know, to it's good to be detail oriented. The world needs detail oriented, but letting that veer into shadow land where it becomes judgmental, harsh, insultive, you know, like watch that get some balance on that as you go and of course speaking of balance it is time to talk about libra 
in our exploration of these five goddesses and how we might um, how we might connect to them and how they are part of who we are because of course you know the goddesses live within us just as much as they live outside of us and exploring these archetypes within us it helps us to say oh yeah this is how I'm like Persephone this is how I'm like Medea um, this is how I'm not like them so I'm going to borrow some of the aspects from other places in the chart and that's a really good process to go through like as you're getting ready for the ritual um, so Art the Artemis aspect of Libra is like this romanticized version of the wild like longing for the wild you know seeing it in this kind of romantic way like you know it's like riding down the highway on your Harley with your wind in your hair. Not that you've ever done it, but you have a romanticized vision of these things. So, you know, like wildness requires action. So work towards that kind of romanticized wildness to unleash that within you. Uh, maybe bring it down, you know, a few notches, get some like detail, borrow some details from, um, Virgo there and figure out how you can it really bring to life your romantic wildness, um, which is romanticized. It's not necessarily just about like, you know, romance. It's about this kind of like romanticized version of what your own wild self might be. Get out and be wild a little bit. Um, so this is, so Libra can be all about indecision so when it comes you know it's like so sometimes i get asked questions um about well i don't know if i should do this ritual cindy do you think i should do this ritual and i'll be like well what do you think well there's this and there's that and there's that so i'm like oh i am clearly speaking to someone who has some libra going on in their chart so the circe aspect of libra is very much connected to this balancing act so it's like, oh, I want to do this thing, but then I don't want to do this thing. And is that too dark magic? Do I need to counter that with something? So you can see, you know, this is like Libras are always, especially when it comes to the sun aspect and it's like, what am I going to do kind of aspect? It's like, well, do I do that ritual or not? Do I do this thing or not? Do I believe what this author said to me or not? And it can be really paralyzing. Libras can get super paralyzed, super stuck when it comes to spiritual growth because of this back and forth. <clears throat> um, and the Medea aspect of Libra is also really, really connected to this idea of imbalance, right? Um, and where a Libra is going to get really super wounded is in a relationship where they perceive there is an imbalance. So it's like, I did all this stuff for them. So, you know, Virgos can be really like, I'm, I've got my list of things you did right and wrong. Libras kind of do that too, maybe in a less kind of like note-taking way, but they, they do it like, this isn't equal, this isn't fair, this isn't right. Whereas Virgos can kind of like give you a detailed list of everything that you've ever done wrong. Libras are, it's sometimes it's about this overall fairness. Um, and 
that is where you know you're going to betray a libra and you're going to wound a libra and bring out that medea poison queen in the libra when it is about this imbalance um you know i gave you everything and you gave me nothing in return that kind of energy um, is really where the libra's wounds are going to lie so then we have our queen the queen who's going to come along and be like well i'm going to correct these wounds so this is the queen of discretion right so this is persephone as you know, the queen who doesn't tell tales. It's the queen who kind of seeks uh, balance and justice and all those kinds of things and keeps her own counsel a lot of times because that, you know, Libras can be super romantic, super like, love me, love me. And they can also be like, well, I'm over here as an introvert. And, you know, it, this can be kind of like that balancing act for Libras. So it's the queen of discretion. The queen of balance is the Persephone aspect. And the Hecate, Hecate's wisdom for this is going to be very much around, like, sometimes you need to stop keeping score, right? So it's like, you need to put the scales down and just go with it. Just go with it. So now let's move on to our next sign. And we're at Scorpio, of course. Scorpio, Scorpio. All right, so Scorpios, like their Artemis energy is strong, right? Scorpios are really passionate. They have a lot of wildness. It's a sign with a lot, a lot of wildness, but it's a lot of emotional wildness, if that makes sense. And because Scorpio is associated with passion and sex and desire, there's a lot of like sexual exploration. Sexual wildness is likely to be found. And also about wildness about in the dark. So, and I don't mean dark in a negative sense. I mean like Scorpios um, will find themselves in places and situations where they're expressing their, their sacred wildness in ways that some of the more timid signs would be absolutely shocked and outraged to find. Um, <clears throat> the, the Circe, the witch of the Scorpio is really going to be focused a lot on these aspects, like these depth, darker aspects. So a lot of involvement with dark goddesses for Scorpions, um, death walking, ancestor work, mediumship. That's the Circe aspect of Scorpio, the Medea aspect. So this is actually something that's kind of difficult to talk about. So Scorpio, the the beauty of the sexual power of Scorpio is amazing. And of course, the shadow of that is that, you know, there's a lot of sexual trauma um, that tends, that can be associated with um, the Scorpio, especially the sun sign aspect of it. And that is a lot of wounded um, Scorpions, their Medea, their poison one is about, you know, having some kind of sexual trauma in the past so it's a difficult one to tackle um and going into the ritual if you know you want to focus on how can you be more sovereign and release again we're in the waning moon so release release that sexual trauma and we do have some healing resources in the medela course um, that you may want to look at or even pull a card or two to see you know like how can i release some of this some of my wounds so I can truly be sovereign. 
um, the Persephone aspect is about being the queen of desire. The queen, you know, this is like the aspect of the queen of cups that is more sexualized. Um, and it's also like the aspect of the queen of cups, which is very much like legs spread, you know, revealing like the universe between her legs. So that is like both death and desire. So that is the aspect of this, uh, the queen of Scorpio is uh, shown to us by our dear Persephone. So the Hecate, the wise woman who comes forward within the scorpion and to teach the scorpion, it's about these torches. So yeah, go into the dark, go into the depths, do some death walking, um, you know, be that sacred womb of passion and desire and, you know, make sure you've got some torches lit so you can see where you're going and that you're also not just kind of blindly stumbling around in the dark. So Sagittarius, the philosopher queen. So Sagittarians, when it comes to their Artemis, it's often this kind of restlessness. Um, rather than, you know, when we see other signs that are like, I'm just going to go out there and do some wild things. Sagittarians can be wild, but Sagittarians can have a lot of restless energy. So it's like, I really want to be wild. I really want, I'm restless. I need to get out there. I need to do this thing. That, that restless energy of Artemis, you know, that kind of pacing energy almost like, uh, you know, almost like a lion in a cage or like, you know, and Sagittarius is the archer. So there's a lot to learn if you're a Sag and in terms of your Artemis self, like about those arrows, where you're shooting them, how can you make them true and how can you follow through so you're not always restless. So how you can get yourself a little bit of adventure, a little bit of escape, how you can get those things. So for Circe, because Sagittarians are so philosophical, there's a lot of focus on witchcraft, um, learning, like learning systems, learning history, learning the philosophy, so maybe occult philosophy or new age philosophy, um, all of these kinds of things, and really a focus on source. Like, what is the source? What is the source? You know, Hecate is anima mundi. Hecate is source. And, you know, and almost like more of an esoteric approach to ritual and spellcraft and energy work rather than, um, you know, like signs that are like a cancer is always running a healing spell for somebody. Um, Sagittarians are less likely to always be having like a million little altars everywhere and more likely just to be like, I'm going to think I'm really looking into the philosophy, hermeticism, Kabbalah, and those kinds of things for our, our Sagittarians. Um, our Persephone is the illuminated queen, you know, the, the, the queen who is the philosophy queen, who is thinking deep thoughts and studying systems and schools of belief and things. That is our Persephone for this. The wisdom of, um, of Hecate for Sagittarius is it's really interesting, right? So Sag, you're out there and you want, you don't just want the history, you want the philosophy. So I'm going to say Hecate's wisdom. You can get satisfied. You can find a bit of adventure because you also love that 
in exploring like historical text, in particular the philosophical treaties, the Chaldean oracles, um, that will bring Hecate kind of into a very philosophical, wise way for you. So now let's move on to the Capricorns. So Capricorn, the CEO, right? This is the queen. This is the Persephone who's like, the queen is sitting at the head of the business table, right? She's there. She's got a chair in the meeting. Um, Artemis energy for Capricorns is often a challenge. So they will be like, I'd like to be wild. I'd like to go on an adventure. I'd like to do this thing. But I'm going to need a whole bunch of rules to do it. So it can be a bit of repressed wildness. So it's definitely like your Artemis aspect is definitely something to work on in terms of, you know, wild Artemis, letting her be wild. Don't restrict your Artemis to be like, and we must shoot our arrows this way and that way. Let her shoot her arrows where she wants and see what happens. You've got arrows after all. You're perfectly safe. Okay, so the Circe aspect of Capricorn is going to be very much about traditions, very much, um, you know, maybe like the rule of three, karma, you know, like these are traditional things and I am going to follow them and rules are good and order is good and I would like my rituals to be ordered and structured. Thank you. So, which is fantastic, right? We all need a little bit, we all need order in our life, but you also need to have some space. And this um, Sovereign Goddess ritual is really good because there are aspects of it where you just kind of allow the goddesses to awaken within you and allow them to speak into you and to merge and blend with their energy in just a way that is very intuitive uh, and not regulated. So like I mentioned earlier, the Persephone aspect of Capricorn is the queen boss CEO. And that's fantastic. You know, you can run the shit like nobody else. Um, and that's really one of your greatest strengths, right? Is that you have that kind of ability to be that kind of regulated, be the regulator. Um, and that's a really amazing strength. And Hecate's wisdom is always going to be for the Capricorn. You know, it's like, have some breathing room in your life. You know, breathe some space into whatever it is you're doing to allow, like, these missing elements, you know, like, to allow creativity. Because it's there somewhere in your chart. So don't just be so Capricorn that you don't let these other aspects come in. And now we are all the way to Aquarius. Uh, so the Artemis energy of Aquarius is the cool kid, right? You know, the wild cool kid sitting in the back of the classroom. No fucks given. That is the wild Artemis aspect. Aquarius, you don't need any coaching on your cool kid wild Artemis self because you've got that down cold, baby. You are cool. Um, magic, the Circe aspect for Aquarius is really about originality. You know, Aquarius's value originality. They like to be innovators um, and they like to come up with ways of doing things and then they'll stick to it once they find something that is uniquely to them and it'll work. 
there's also a lot of rituals and spells and energy work done by Aquarians. So the Circe aspect for them in terms of like helping humanity as a whole. So Cancer is about, I'm going to help all the individuals. Aquarius is very much about, I am going to help all of the humans and I'm going to evolve humanity. I'm going to, you know, help the revolution. Aquarians tend to be involved in some really big issues. Um, the Medea, the wounded aspect of Aquarius is about, sometimes about like disillusionment. So it's like Aquarians can hold humanity up and be like, you know, if I do this thing, it will fix all the problems of all of humanity. And so Aquarians don't tend to be a super emotional sign, but they will get hurt and betrayed by when either whole groups or individuals somehow violate what they think is valued in humanity as a whole. The other aspect, of course, Aquarians tend to come off as aloof. Um, and although maybe they're not the an emotional sign, just based on sun signs, obviously it'll be more complicated in a whole chart. But it's like uh, this aloofness can kind of distance them from others. And once in a while, Aquarians do need somebody else and they can get wounded there because they maybe they want that connection and they don't quite know how to get it. So that's kind of the, the Medea aspect of Aquarius. Um, and sometimes Aquarians don't like people as individuals. So that's definitely a way that an Aquarian can get wounded. Um, and definitely some wisdom there. Work on that. Work on seeing people as individuals. Um, and maybe step out of like the big picture so much. So this is like the Persephone, the big picture. You know, she's focused on humanity as a whole, social order, uh, but she also has this really innovative side to her. And the wisdom of Hecate is like what I said earlier. It's like, you know, put some space for what you're missing um, in terms of allowing individuals to, it's okay to need people. It's okay to trust people. Um, and, you know, what you will still be this amazing queen of swords. Um, and you can have people in your life that you're close to and that you let them in and see everything that's going on in your inner world. And so now let's wrap this up with Pisces, the dreamer. So Pisces, Pisces Artemis aspect is about being wild kind of in this dreamy astral way. Um, you know, so Pisces, are not going to go out and burn things down, but Pisces are going to like wander in the astral plane. Their wildness is going to be focused more around emotions. Um, and, you know, maybe feeling the feelings. Um, and so Pisces Artemis aspect can be really kind of spacey wildness you know like you're off in daydreams and it can also be a lot of emotions so you know like where we see like the Artemis energy for the air signs for example is very much about you know not being too aloof um shooting arrows and you know and when we come to Pisces it's like 
don't be too emotional. Like let your wildness kind of be tempered by a little bit of structure, a little bit of earthiness perhaps, um, and a little bit of fire. Like don't always just be kind of wandering around daydreaming about being wild. Be Do some wildness. Um, and, you know, and a lot of Pisces are going to just want to express their wildness, like in the astral world. Um, they're going to want to do a lot of spiritual journeying. And that's how like that sacred wildness will come out is in that realm. Uh, the Circe, the witch aspects of Pisces, very mystical, at, like Akashic records, psychic, like third eye. All of these kind of like really mystical um, divination, all of these aspects, a lot of intuition. Um, so not so much like systems, you know, like rules. It's like following my intuition into these realms. The Medea aspect, how Pisces can get wounded is like with the dream crushers. So Pisces have a dream and whatever it was, and their deepest wounds are likely to be when their dreams get crushed. Um, and because they are really, really deep feelers, that it's going to be a deep emotional wound. And there can be like, when Pisces are wounded, it can be almost like, because there's so much water, it can almost be like they're drowning in this wound, right? Like, so the wound will not go away. Um, so the queen, the Persephone aspect of this is the queen of idealism. You know, um, Pisces are very much like the dreamers and they kind of have this utopian, they can kind of have like a utopian expectation of what the world can be. And they can see this different world um, and they can feel this different world because of their emotional prowess. So that's that queen aspect of our Persephone. So Hecate's wisdom for Pisces is just about balancing emotions with motions. So don't be so daydreamy that you don't do the things, right? So Capricorns, it's like, I'm just doing the things. There's no room for dreams in my world. Um, Pisces is very much, the, can be the opposite when we go into shadow Pisces and we don't get that balance. So that is a quick tour of sun signs and how they map onto the five goddesses that we're going to be connecting with in our ritual. So like I said, it's, you know, like take some time, get your notebook out, make some notes and, you know, just contemplate how like your Artemis, uh, your Circe, your Medea, your Persephone, and Hecate, the wisdom, the wise one, and what she has to say about um, how these goddesses are positioned within your within um, your sun sign, and maybe take it to your moon sign and your ascendant. And of course, um, you know it's an ongoing project of mine to look at the asteroids um, that are associated with all of these goddesses. And in the coven, you can learn how to find. Hecate, the star Hecate in your chart and get some wisdom there. So this is like a big project I've been working on now for uh, quite a while, off and on, and I'm dedicating more, more time to it now. 
probably a book in this somewhere. Um, what I haven't talked about is I'm just going to conclude by talking about the astrology of the summer solstice. So if you go to our Wheel of the Year class, you'll see that I have uh, the summer solstice chart out there. So you can study it yourself. I've got a lot happening with the summer solstice. Um, first of all, we have a, a new moon, the dark moon that's happening. And so that is really powerful. We're moving into cancer. Um, so again, moving into the mother sign, the nourishing sign, the new moon, starting this new cycle. Um, and there's also a solar eclipse. So solar eclipses are just like an amplify the power of the ritual because this is a ritual about sovereignty and it is a ritual about standing in the light of day. Now this year when we're doing the ritual, you know, um, we're adding this solar eclipse energy. So it's going to be like phenomenal, right? Like it's just really going to be empowering. Um, and I also recommend doing the ritual during the day um, to, to really harness that solar energy. We have a lot of retrogrades right now. So we, um, let me see, we have Mercury retrograde. So taking it into the ritual, it could be like, okay, so Mercury's retrograde. Sometimes what happens with Mercury retrograde is we have technical difficulties. So just, you know, make sure everything is set up. Um, any technology you're using, make sure it's charged and, you know, like take that into account going into the ritual. Um, and that also kind of means that, um, you know, like, so when a retrograde happens, it's not like Mercury retrograde gets a bad idea, bad rap, but Mercury, it's about, the, a retrograde is about a call to like reparations a lot of times. So it's like when we're doing the sovereignty, it's like Mercury's in retrograde. Um, there is going to be like this energy towards fixing communications um, and how we can get communicate, how we can better communicate our sovereignty. Um, good old Jupiter is retrograde as well. And again, Jupiter is the planet of sovereignty. So when Jupiter is retrograde, it again is like, how do I achieve sovereignty? It's not sovereignty achieved all as well. It's like I'm contemplating, I'm thinking, I'm activating, I'm working, I'm reorganizing my sovereignty. I'm reorganizing my power. Um, Saturn is retrograde as well. Uh, we have, I think there's seven big retros um, happening right now. I'm going to talk about five of them. So Saturn is, of course, the planet of introspection, of deep, deep thoughts. Um, and when Saturn is retrograde, we see the same kind of energy. So it's like stirring the cauldron, right? We're stirring the cauldron. Saturn is being like, oh, what is, are there these blocks to my sovereignty? So I would say, you know, like our ritual is likely to, as we do the ritual, that there's going to be kind of this like a lot of like emotionality that comes out, a lot of like restructuring of emotion. So I think with Saturn and retrograde, it's going to be really powerful in that level too. Okay, so uh, I did want to talk about Pluto retrograde. And again, Pluto is like, even deeper than um, our Saturn and Pluto is really about that deep foundational healing um, and retrograde again retrogrades are not bad retrogrades are about 
this is a time when so pluto is this energy and when it's pluto's retrograde it's about okay there's like a revolution there's a reverberation there's a change there is like how do we get how do we move back to our pluto being how pluto is naturally and that's really i think that's really important for our true sovereignty because we need that energy um and you know in doing the waning moon release cycle circle in the coven we've been working on this aspect right and getting that through so venus is um i skipped over venus i've talked about venus being in retrograde before so venus is about getting comfortable again in yourself getting comfortable again in yourself and that is certainly what sovereignty you know as we become more sovereign it's like I'm not, it's for everything from like, I'm not going to wear that bra anymore. It's not comfortable to, I don't want these people in my lives anymore. They don't make me comfortable. So it is a huge solstice. Like I said, we've got the new moon, we cancer, we've got a solar eclipse. We've got all of these planets. And I didn't talk about some of the other retrogrades um, that are happening. So for example, Hecate, the star Hecate is in Sagittarius and is retrograde. Um, so you can see that it's like, you know, the archer, the philosophic, like there's just so much that's going to be coming up in terms of, um, our thinking, our philosophy, you know, like our own personal philosophies being like revolutionized, um, by this ritual and at this time. And Medea and Persephone are both in Pisces, which is very much about emotions. And Artemis is in Leo. Circe is in Aries, so we kind of have this profile of, we look to the heavenly representations of these goddesses, you can see that, you know, we have that Aries energy coming up for Circe, a lot of courage, um, and, you know, Artemis in Leo, and Medea and Persephone in Pisces, so it's just going to be a really powerful, a lot of emotional aspects, this is somewhat tempered of course by being in cancer that you know it's like the nourishment of cancer even though cancer is very much queen of cups it's like all these retrogrades and where the stars associated with our goddesses are at it's like the overarching kind of nourishment of cancer being um you know the sun sign for the ritual and just starting in cancer is really going to help us navigate all of these different aspects that are coming up within us and at, that are influenced by everything that is going on along the starry road. So that is um, our, our astrolog astrological preparation for our summer goddess ritual. Thank you for listening. You can join Keeping Her Keys by going to keepingherkeys.com slash coven. And right now you can get the first month free if you're not already a member. If you are a member and you are looking to further your sovereignty, I highly recommend taking my course, The Sacred Seven. And you can join, if you're already a member, you can get your first two weeks free to check it out. Um, and if you're not a coven member, so if you join the coven for your free month and then you can join the sacred seven. Uh, but I always recommend people just like hang out in the coven network, see what's available um, and see if you're a good fit. See if uh, keeping her keys helps you to become more sovereign.